This is URN Sport. University Radio Nottingham, that's a good station as well, URN. Let them do a go well to finish, please. Can you stop editing the go well, please, at the end of their show? Cheers. Go well. Keep it URN. Keep it URN. Keep it URN. This. This. Is URN. Hello and welcome to the only... I don't have another what only thing we'll are. Oh, we've run out of things, Toby, much like the West Indies have run out of ideas in the T20 format. The West Indies have been knocked out, but the man who's always there and will never be knocked out, Toby Reynolds, joins me. Toby, how are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, Tom. I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm not too bad, not too bad. I saw Forrest beat Liverpool on the weekend, which I was absolutely delighted. And honestly, I've not mentioned to anyone, really. No, we um, can stop the clock. It's been less than 30 seconds. It's all <laughs> But there's also been an England win, the Miami Dolphins won. It's been the perfect weekend for me. How was your weekend watching England in the Cricket World Cup? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was all good. And then, unfortunately, on the Sunday, it was, it was less good, um, where, where <laughs> me and you managed to watch the final over of India-Pakistan. Yeah, um, that, that was a bit annoying. It definitely wasn't the um, Sri Lanka beating Ireland that really upset you. It was genuinely Virat. We're going to have to praise Virat Kohli on this podcast. This Unfortunately, is gonna this is going to be huge. But yeah, really exciting World Cup. Well, let's start with the qualification period. The West Indies did not qualify for the World Cup. The first time a former champion has failed to qualify for any major cricketing World Cup. Huge, isn't it, Toby? What's your thoughts on the matter? I, I will say, I, I did say before the... I will, tournament yes. in our podcast. I will also allow this. I will allow this. Toby, please have your moments of gloating. Go on. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't really think that they had much about their squad. And I mean, losing Hetmeyer and not having Russell or Narain or Pollard or any of these big characters, I thought they were just going to struggle a little bit. I didn't think they would necessarily struggle as much as they had have done. But, um, but it was a tight group and they just couldn't quite get through. Um, and I mean, really, really well done from Zimbabwe and Ireland. who both managed to get some big wins in, in those final games. Um, and some big performances from from Ireland's players in particular. I mean, Paul Sterling standing up to uh, carry them home. Yeah. Finishing below Scotland is a low point, bottom of the qualification group. How do West Indies cricket come back from this? You look at what they're doing with the 60, is it called? The 360, whatever it's called. Is that the answer? I don't know. It just seems they've run out of people. And this is a long-term effect of the ICC neglecting the West Indies, in my opinion. The West Indies have been going downhill since the 90s. They've had a few false dawns, but England seemingly every other summer and winter, sorry. This just feels like a massive, massive wake-up call to West Indies cricket. In 2016, I thought they got away with it a little bit. I don't think that team was World Cup champion worthy. I, I, obviously, they won the tournament. They are the world champions but they weren't the best team in the world. I just think this is a real wake-up call to West Indies cricket and the governing bodies that we could easily lose the West Indies, who are such an important part of this cricketing world we live in. You think about the absolute history they have and how it's actually a diverse area of the world to actually bring in and the, the fact they're hosting a World Cup soon. This is really worrying. As much as we like upsets, we want Zimbabwe to do well. We want. I'm so happy for Ireland, as Toby can see in the background, there's an Irish flag flying. I'm really happy. But at what cost is this to West Indies cricket? Let's talk about Ireland. Um, two wins, beating the West Indies by nine wickets, easing to a win. 
um, a really easy chase with two and a half overs to spare and beating Scotland in a relatively enjoyable game. Let's talk about that nine wicket win for Ireland. Paul Sterling, 66, and Tucker Balburnie both making big contributions. Is this the programme for Ireland now? Just hope Sterling gets fun runs. Quite possibly. I mean, they, they really do lack much in their batting lineup to have. I mean, they've got obviously, obviously, Paul Sterling is a world class player, but around him, there's not a huge amount of batting lineup. To have George Dockrell at number six, I think he's sort of come in quite a lot. He's a good player, but he's he's not a frontline batsman. He used to obviously be a be a left arm spinner, then got the sort of the yips a little bit and is now back, um, back into the. Sort of, going strong again with with bat and ball a little bit. Um, but he he's not really a number six. Like he's one of those kind of players, if you have a seven, you think you've got quite a strong lineup, particularly with like some sort of Curtis Kampfer ahead of him, who's sort of kind of similar level. Like he might pull something off out of the bag, but you wouldn't back him to necessarily get consistent runs. Um, and I think Ireland have been stuck in a little bit of the same kind of phase where they've just been relying on Paul Sterling for the last decade almost, really. <laughs> To pull yeah. through, and he's to to pull through even um, oh, a sterling effort. <laughs> um, but I don't think I mean, he's not going to be around forever. That's the thing. And and if he does struggle for form at any point, then they then Ireland, you think, will be struggling massively as well. So disappointing. Scotland couldn't quite make it through with their final defeat against Zimbabwe. Proved that there is still quite a long way to go. I just think Zimbabwe look a little bit tasty. Raz has been so good. And I'm sorry, I'm about to butcher these names. I do apologise, Zimbabwe cricket fans. But Chitara looked really good against Scotland. Four overs, 14 runs, two wickets at an economy of 3.5. As an opening bowler, you couldn't ask for much more. But Raza has really been Zimbabwe's talisman, hasn't he, Toby? He really has. All, all, all World Cup so far has just been phenomenal. I mean... He was definitely the one to to look for as well. And considering Zimbabwe missed the last World Cup last year due to a few ICC issues at home, um, should we say, I think yeah. it really has shown that a lot of teams maybe have slept on him and haven't quite realised the potential he's got. Um, and I mean, I heard, I think it was some Wisdom podcast talking about it, saying how he'd be such a good signing for, for some county teams next year whether they get him mm. in just for the blast or even for some Red Bull stuff as well. I'm not sure quite how his um, his record's like there, but I mean, he's been dominant so far and I'm sure he'll be hoping to help or try and get Zimbabwe as far through his competition as possible. Maybe get a couple wins in this sort of Super 12 stage now, having got, got quite a good point, luckily, but a good point against South Africa today. Did you watch it? Bizarre, wasn't it? Absolutely bizarre. I, I didn't see any of it, but I mean, we'll talk about it now, but the... Yeah. The way that Zimbabwe limped their way to 79 for five of nine overs, and then South Africa 51. having, yeah, um, South Africa were 51 for naught with Quinton de Klock 48 not out uh, after three <laughs> overs before it started raining again, yeah. and then it was declared a no result. So that is absolutely mental. Like all South Africa had to do was face one more over. Yeah. South Africa, South Africa always get done by rain in Australia. It happened in the 90s. Mm. It's happened again, seemingly. And for the people of Zimbabwe, this is huge. Obviously, what's going on politically, we're not going to pretend to be the experts here. But for the actual people, the cricketing community of Zimbabwe, 
this is huge. The first time they've properly qualified in a long time. And we can only wish them and the team the absolute best. Another thing that absolutely cheered me so up, it's an absolutely beautiful thing, Toby. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Australia bowled out and lost by 89 runs to New Zealand. Could there have been a better start to the tournament? No, no, they could not. <laughs> Devin Conway and Phil Allen just starting it off strong at the top of the order. Mm-hmm. I mean, Phil Allen, like, he didn't necessarily get as many runs as Conway's 92, but 42 from 16, that is ridiculous. Just 262 strike rate, blasted the ball absolutely everywhere. Um, then Devin Conway down the other end playing what I guess is the equivalent anchor role, but somehow st- still striking at 160 with 92 from 58. Um, mm-hmm. Just phenomenal. And then Williamson and Phillips throughout through the middle a little bit struggling before Jimmy Neesham just blasted it and got 26 from 13 to finish off finish off the Aussies. I mean, none of their bowlers had an economy under nine. Mitch Stark went for 14, I think, from the first over. Um, just, just some hard really. Uh, the bowl, bowlers per runs, Stark 36, four overs bowled. Sorry, if I don't say it's four overs bowled. Hazelwood, four overs bowled, 41 runs. Cummins, 46 runs conceded. Stoinis, 38. Zampa, 39. Australia's bowling attack looked so, so vulnerable and they find themselves below Ireland as it stands. At home nation, uh, home tournament, couldn't have been a worse start, could it? No, no, it really couldn't. They just, I think it... To a certain extent, not inevitable, but when you sort of do look at their side, it is a lot of hit and miss players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the bowling lineup, they've got four world class, well, I guess supposedly world class bowlers. I mean, Mitch Stark, Hazelwood, Pat Cummins, and Zamba are all very good bowlers. But Zamba's been a little bit out of it recently. So's Cummins. And so mm-hmm. they're really relying on a good start, which didn't really happen. And then with the bat, I mean, David Warner, Finch, both what, 35, 36. Mitch Marsh has been a little bit injury prone. Glenn Maxwell did quite well, to be fair. 28 from 20, strike rate 140 is not terrible, but couldn't quite really go through on his own. And then Tim David a bit un, unsure. He's not really proven himself on international stage yet and Stoinis again, slightly hit, hit or miss. So they just mm. don't necessarily have the mass backing behind their batting or bowling. But I think we also can't overlook them knowing that they are the current world champions playing at home, know the conditions and could just switch it on, particularly against England, who uh, I'm sure they'll be really keen to get back at. Yeah. Um, and, and to get through the group stage, we'll have to likely beat England quite comfortably. It's looking difficult for Australia immediately, but England did not cruise past Afghanistan. It was difficult work, must be said. Afghanistan were all out for 112 with good bowling performances, I'd argue, all round. But the star of the performance, 3.4 overs, 10 runs, 5 wickets. Sam Curran, someone I wasn't expecting to have this amazing tournament, but he set himself up to have a real fantastic few weeks. Toby, Sam Curran, go for it. Yeah, I mean, considering he went the whole of the summer without taking a wicket pretty much, it's been yeah. just a complete role reverse. I think England were almost, their hand was almost forced a little bit with injuries to Jordan and Archer as well. Archer and, yeah. uh, oh, and uh, Topley, probably almost, most well, most recently, I guess. Um, where, I mean, if Topley was in there, would Sam Curran have made it? And Jordan as well. But he, he's absolutely shown 
why they need him and why he's such a good player, particularly when you consider he's batting down at number eight um, and and can can do it with, on both facets. Um, that he has has a really good opportunity there. And I mean, just the way he bowled was fantastic. So the mopping up at the end as well um, and taking taking a few earlier on just is really key. Just the way he managed to sort of nullify the the Afghanistan batting lineup, which just could have got going. And, and then, as you mentioned, England struggled in the chase a little bit. So a few more runs might have been crucial for Afghanistan. And we just gave them nothing with what, two first ball ducks towards the end and a couple yeah. other low scores. I can see three ducks on the page. Noticeable, all the wickets were caught. Now that suggests to me very well laid plans, in my opinion. You've worked the batsman out because obviously it's. All, I, I know there's a bit of movement in the field, but it seems like we've got the field placement right, and I've got to give Butler and the back team, uh, the back staff, so much credit for this. To get, oh, it seems like all the plans seem to come and go. So very well done to them. England's batting, on the other hand, didn't seem to ever get going. Um, no score above 20 bar Liam Livingston, who apparently grabbed James Backs, um, which is nice to know, a bit of an underdog there. Um, Stokes for two. To be fair, I think it must have been quite a tricky pitch. You look at the bowlers have all had quite all right days. Uh, 12 wides, no other extras, really. It's It seems to me England just had a tricky pitch and got the job done. Do you agree, Toby? Yeah, I think so. Considering you normally expect Perth to be quite bouncy, quite quick. It seemed very different to that. So a bit lower scoring, bit bit lower bouncing almost as well. And other than Livingston, none of the batsmen really managed to get going. Butler, runnable 18 and a Hales 19 off 20 at the top of the order. Probably wasn't the the start you'd expect from England's usual mott ball, I guess you can call it. Um and sort of going out there and just trying to dominate bowling attacks. But I think in some ways it kind of shows maybe a little bit of maturity within them as well, knowing that they didn't have the biggest total to go for and and trying to vaguely keep a few wickets in hand and just sort of chipping away at the total was the right thing to do before Livingston managed to come out. And I think probably they almost sort of worked out one of us will need to go at some point and he was the best candidate to. And, and, he, and he did it very well, 29 from 21. Um, and looked really dangerous with a couple boundaries here and there and just looked battered very nicely, I thought. This, this is URN. Let's go on to the big topic of the day. Sri Lanka, Ireland. No, um, well, let's talk briefly about that. Sri Lanka look actually to have benefited from playing in those warm-up games almost in the qualifying period. And Mendes, De Silva and Asalanka cruised to a victory, beating Ireland by nine wickets. Ireland, again, didn't put up a good score. But, of course, Toby, we're not here for that. We're not getting our listeners for this. It's going to be for this match. Yes, we're about to praise Virat Kohli, who batted right in a World Cup game against Pakistan. Should we move on? Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. It was um, only, yeah. to you in fairness, a bit of a flat track. He was sensational, wasn't he, Toby? <laughs> he was. We can't really say much else other than that. Was, I mean, me and you were watching it together. And just the, the way you went from just passing 50 with two overs to go and finishing off on 82 just just went just absolutely blew blew away Pakistan. Um, yeah, I mean, the number of tweets I saw before the World Cup saying Virat Kohli's washed, he's done, he's not a good T20 player. And I kind of agree with that. I just didn't really see that he had the ability to just go big anymore. But he really proved it wrong with a couple 
couple of huge sixes in those last two overs. Um, but I think you also can't look past the fact that Pakistan, I think, threw it away. Yes, um, let's let's go for this route rather than praising Vera. They could not have blown it more. If you don't actually look at the Indian fall of wickets, 31 for four just at the end, ball after the power play to our being 144 for five, the pressure's going to be completely lifted off. And then obviously that final over was just disastrous. It just, I'd never seen such a big bottle job in a final, really. Complete no balls, wides, the whole lot was in there. And I felt sorry for the bowler. Was it now as? Now as it was, yeah. I think 12 of the 15 runs that came from the over were extras or mm. some form of extras with buys and, and yeah. no balls and free hits and everything. And, Virat Kohli just took full effect of of, mm. of that and of the sort of the losing of his head, it seemed like. He sort of bowled at medium pace at some point as well. Yeah, I think some of, that, some of that as well might have to go down to Babrazam's captaincy because mm. he's he was left with a spinner to bowl the final over. And I think they probably hoped the game would have been done by then. And those, mm. they were trying to bowl, bowl out their bowlers to try and get wickets earlier on and it didn't really work. Um, and now it's just ended up being being just smashed about, continuing to bowl not too badly the, the rest of the match. And it's a bit just a shame because it looked like Pakistan were going to sort of cruise to victory at one point and then Virat Kohli just went no and just did it himself. The first time Virat Kohli still actually shown up in a long time and it makes you worried, could this be India's first world title in nine years, um, sorry, 11 years Overall, but 15 years since their last T20 title. Bangladesh, Holland, um, pretty easy win for Bangladesh, who look solid. The bowlers look very good. And that pretty much wraps up all the games that have happened. Um, tomorrow, Australia versus Sri Lanka at 12 o'clock. The timings are bizarre. So tomorrow is obviously Tuesday at the time recording. Not sure when Toby's going to actually be bothered to get this out. It's not like he's a busy man doing about 4,000 different sports and all that. Um, but um, then Ireland versus England, five o'clock in the morning uh, over here, followed by Thursday, we've got three games, whereas next Saturday has one game. I, I cannot understand the logic of that, putting it's, three games on a weekday. I think it's just exquisite ICC logic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just bizarre, isn't it? Just bizarre. Um, after the first round of fixtures, Toby... Has anything really changed in your mind? Can you see anyone being an upset? Who can you see maybe qualifying from the groups? I think New Zealand will probably get through that group now. Now that and the thing is, because it's there's been quite a bit of rain around so far as well. There's not much you can necessarily tell because all it'll take is a few games, big games rained out. So if England say get rained out against the supposed weaker teams of maybe what Ireland and, and Sri Lanka, they could very easily, having won this first game, not get enough points and and go out, even if they still beat Australia and New Zealand, maybe, or Australia particularly, um, which seems a bit of a weird one. I'd, I'd be surprised if New Zealand don't qualify, particularly now their net run rate is so good. And I hope England would get through as well from, from Group A. Group B, India obviously doing well. But with the rain in the, that South Africa Zimbabwe game, it's it'll be interesting to see what might actually happen. And so by giving almost a, a, a sort of an opportunity here, mm. that's a big game that they probably weren't going to win. Mm. If they can then make up for points on maybe a tired Bangladesh team, Holland, and Pakistan, 
they could easily sneak in, couldn't they? But it, only if things go right. I think that's the thing is Zimbabwe would have to play out of their skin and also hope on a few other results going their way. Mm. I think it would be more likely that maybe... I still still think India, having been really good in that game, might miss out. It depends how South Africa play. We still haven't seen them actually play in a proper game. Like, Dukok was ridiculous. But no one, no the other batsmen really got any any go. Bavuma faced two balls. Doesn't really help. And I mean, Pakistan will really want to come back into this fighting and then probably have a go at just have a big go and hopefully get back into it. I mean, you think India having beaten Pakistan will get through now. And then it could be just a, a fight between Pakistan and South Africa um, when they play later on in, in the tournament as to who out of a chance. I think they might be playing last game of their group possibly, which will be very mm. interesting. Pakistan, South Africa, yeah, I think is their lot. Oh, their penultimate group game even. Um, but that will be a huge, huge game for the both teams, most likely. Um, but I, I reckon Pakistan and India will get through and New Zealand and England. Where are you, Dom? Who are you thinking might squeeze through? I don't think Pakistan, unfortunately, as we I've backed them, will, I think they'll crumble. I think that defeat was so demoralising. If they get into a similar position, you never know what could happen. Sort of Vietnam flashbacks. But that sort of mentality of just absolutely being throwing away a victory against your arch nemesis, one of the big rivalries in sport, let alone cricket. For me, it's a real humdinger of a knockout blow for Pakistan. And you can maybe start to write them off. England still need to keep going. I think Ireland might be having one shock. I'm not sure who that's going to be, but Australia, very miss. No hit at all. They probably won't qualify for the semi-finals. I can see New Zealand doing well. I'm glad I backed them in the last preview podcast, which is still available. Toby, you're so annoying that maybe you didn't qualify for you. Getting that big win on the first day. I was I was delighted for you, but um wasn't meant to be, didn't qualify. We should also be aware this isn't the only cricket going on in Australia. The Australian Women's Big Bash is underway with the Perth Scorchers leading um, the table with five games played with everyone else playing four on seven points. Brisbane Heat in second, Sydney Sixers in third with the Melbourne Stars holding up the rear for that one. So glad that the Big Bash, I think this could be a real big summer for Australian cricket with the World Cup going off, the Ashes coming through. And women's cricket still prevailing. It's really good to see that the crowds are still up for the big bash women's, and it's not a novelty. It's been taken seriously in Australia, which is good to see. Uh, Toby and I are now daytime hosts. Yes, the URN has broken, and we've been given a daytime show. Toby, when can people listen to you? And what sort of content can they expect? So eleven to one on a Thursday. Just tune into URN. 1350.net um, and you'll be able to listen in, message into the show as well, give us some feedback. Um, and you can expect a lot of a lot of general chats, a lot of waffle. Um, we do a tier list weekly, which is always really good fun. Um, tier list weekly, we do a thing called feature five. We name a top five, you have to guess what that top five is. Um, and and also I think one of my favorite segments, each mm. each I'm on one that. of one of our hosts um, comes up with with sort of a theme for all the songs that run through it. So whether that's to do with the artist or or the songs itself. Um, so you can have a little fun game trying to guess what what songs are coming up, what song, what the theme might be even relating to, to all the songs. 
amazing. It is really fun. I've really enjoyed doing it. A bit of something different. Um, we've got quite a few episodes of Away Days. Myself and Kieran went down to Brighton recording our experience. Really good, um, sort of different place. Really enjoyable. We also did a very special episode about how the Football World Cup can impact the environment with Eco Frenzy. All of this is available on the URN main podcast feed. And a new URN Sport Spotify podcast uh, playlist has come out so do look that up that pretty much wraps it up toby two words go well cheers <laughs>